<laughs> so we're, we're talking about the Bible. And, you know, have you ever had thoughts like this? Well, the Bible, you know, what's, I mean, what's so good about it? I mean, maybe I've tried to read it and I didn't really understand. And, well, aren't there some books that are like smaller and thinner and have less pages that would be good for me, that would be helpful for my life? Or, or maybe you've thought something like, well, is the Bible true? I mean, does it apply or is it just some religious Thing that if I'm not a religious person, I don't need it. You know, I just I can I can just kind of go my my own way. Um, does it? What about all those different translations? I mean, aren't there like 942 of them? And which one's the right one? I mean, which one should I read? Which one? I don't even get it. Why is there so many? And well, and some of you in here might be like, Oh no, I've never questioned the Bible at all because I, I grew up in church, and that's like you can't do that. I can't even believe you said that from the stage. I might have to go to a different church now. Um, well, the, the truth is, maybe you've never said out loud what's so great about the Bible. But inside, most of us have probably said something like, well, I know that's in the Bible. And somebody told me that, but, well, that's the same thing. You know, it, it's the same thing. What, what makes it good? What makes it great? What makes it really good for my life? And so we're doing a whole series on the Bible. What's so great about it? And, and, and in this series, we're going to answer some of these types of questions that I've asked and maybe some other things as well. And I want to give you first a few interesting facts as we get going. Uh, we talked about these a little bit last week. The Bible was written over a long, long, long period of time. We're talking about you know, a thousand years. We're talking about spread out. And over that time period, people made copies of what we, what we consider and what we have as today's compilation of all that is, is the Bible. And... Um, they didn't have copy machines, you know, they didn't have the mimeograph machines, as some of you might remember. They didn't have any of that. It had to be handwritten, all right? So they had to, you know, copy word for word, and, and it was very, a very tedious job. I, I wouldn't have made it. I would not have been one of those people. Give me a different job. Um, well, but they did that. And so as time passed, the um, copies of the Bible, or what we have as today's Bible, spread out all over the region and all over the world, and What's interesting is that decades and, well, let me, let me know, generations and generations and generations later, if you took the copy of the Bible you got over here on this part of your map, and you took a Bible that you got from the co a copy from over on this part of the map, and you put them and compared them, they match. Um, and that's an amazing feat that people could copy it over and over, and it, and it, and it you know, matched. Let me explain why, because probably nobody in here can tell the same story twice in a row and tell it exactly the same both times. You would probably change just a little bit. You would change a little something. You might put a little bit something, you know, that's just the way we are. That's the way it works. And so it's an amazing thing that the Bible has maintained and made it through all these years, and it still matches with what was written originally. So that's a big deal. Uh, and is that what makes the Bible great? Well, no, but it's just an interesting fact that because it's great, that, or, or it's great and that, that happened, I think that's a, something interesting. Now, um, there, there's more archaeological evidence for the Bible than there is any other book in existence today. Um, it's, it's there. I mean, it's just there is more. The, the Bible's an interesting, interesting thing. So in this series, again, we're going to answer some of these questions. And here at, here at Ignite, we believe the Bible is really great. And now, 
is it because of these things I've said, or maybe is it because the, the Bible is the most translated, the um, most copied, the best-selling book of all time? Is that why the Bible is great? No, it's not. It, it, those things are true because it's great, but that's not really why. Is the Bible great because, you know, people like me and Ed, um, <clears throat> excuse me, people like Ed and I, um, <laughs> is it great because we tell you it is? Is it great because we read it and, and every Sunday we have a scripture or two or three or however many and we tell you, hey, read this and, and you know, is it great because of that? No, it's not great because we say so. Um, that, I mean, we say so because we believe it's great, but that, that's not why. We want to tell you. Here at Ignite Church, the reason we believe the Bible is great is this. Because in the Bible, we see God reaching out to us. We see God taking the initiative to love us. That's why we think the Bible's great. Because it's God of creation, the God that made everything, reaching out to us and saying, I love you and I, and I care about you. That's why we think this is great. And so uh, we're doing this whole series. Last week we talked about... The Bible being superfood, something you take into your spirit person, because we all, we all are. We're, we all are a spirit. We have a soul, that mind, will, and emotions, and, you're, and, and then we all live in a body. Okay, you know, you can tap yourself if you're not awake, you know, <laughs> pinch yourself or something. That's your body. Well, we need that spirit part of us to be healthy. And the Bible is, is actually, it's, just think of it like spiritual food or like lasagna that you can pull into your body and give you strength and energy and um, all, all of those amazing things. So when we embrace the Bible, what we're doing is we're embracing God. We're embracing his love and the healthy spiritual food that blesses our lives. All right, this is the way we're looking at the Bible. So we're asking you to take a spiritual journey with us through this series. Uh, we we want to... We're going to end each message with a practical thing that we can do. I, I, my brain works that way. I need, okay, you can tell me all these things which are great, and I'm listening, and I'm paying attention, but when it's all said and done, I need you to tell me how to, how to apply it. Uh, I, I need that. I'm, you give me a, write it down for me, show, I can do that. And so we're going to do that. Every, every week, we're going to give you something, uh, but everything in between and while we're leading up to that, we're, we're asking you to go on a spiritual journey with you um, about the Bible. So this week... We're going to talk about some very specific ways that God loves us, and we see it in the Bible. We see it in His Word or His words. When I was in college, I met a gal named Lori Elam, and uh, I was just pretty much smit. You know how sometimes it's just bam, I'm just, you know, you're just done. I, I was smit pretty quick with her, and uh, fortunately, a after a while, she softened towards me, and we started to date, and we fell in love, and so we're heading toward our senior years in college, and she had a back issue. If you heard of scoliosis where the back's curved, hers was literally like an S. The curves were really bad, and they can be so bad that you need to have surgery to straighten it out, and they put rods in there and all this stuff. Well, anyhow, she decided in her family that she needed to do that, so her senior year, she lays out of college to have that surgery. It took six months to recover at home. Well, before the senior year started, I proposed. She accepted. We're engaged. And I left her in Beeville and went back to Waco to go to college and finished my senior year. Now, back then, cell phones, no. Texting, 
No. Email? No. People wrote letters. It's a fascinating thing, you know, hand and paper and all that. A long, 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 long time ago. I know that dates me. I'm sorry. Anyway, so Lori and I wrote love letters back and forth, and they were sweet. Let me tell you, there was some good stuff in there. Anyhow, uh, I did do something really stupid, though. I don't know what got into me. I, I, thought, I guess I thought I'd play, you know, as a joke, do something silly. I took one of her love letters to me, and I corrected the punctuation errors. Uh, yeah, you see where I'm going. I, uh, a few misspelled words, a little grammar, I rewrote a sentence or two. And so when I wrote her my love letter back, I included her corrected copy. She didn't appreciate that. I, I don't, you know, I'm just lucky the next letter wasn't forget you. <laughs> you know, but she forgave me. We got married and, and it's all been good. But those love letters, oh my gosh, I just, every day at the mailbox, did I get a letter? And I didn't just read it once. Oh my, I, I could almost memorize them. I could even quote lines in them for years because they meant so much to me. This gal loved me and, and would write these wonderful things to me. Well, guys, That's the Bible to you and me. It's God's love letter to us. He's taking the initiative to say, I love you. I sent my son for you. And not only that, here's how to have the blessed life I want you to have. Jesus said, I want you to have the abundant life. And so God's word to us is his love letter to us. And it is so worth pressing into it. And like Chad said, sometimes you're reading, you're not sure what it means. That's okay. Keep reading. There'll be plenty you do understand, okay? But it is supernatural, it brings life to us, and it's just wonderful. So today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament written a few thousand years ago. And it was written by a man named Ezekiel, and it's from the book by his name, Ezekiel. And one thing we'll talk about during this series is that the Bible is composed of different types of literature. There's letters, there's history, there's poetry... And today we're going to look at a part of the Bible that's from the literary type that's called the apocalyptic or the prophetic or the visionary. There's a number of names for this kind of scripture. And in these cases, God gives somebody a vision of something he wants them to see. He wants them to understand something. He wants them to give his people a message. Sometimes he tells the future. The Old Testament book of Daniel tells a lot about the future in the next few hundred years that took place. And so we have these mysterious, awesome, cool passages of Scripture. And as we read them, we need to understand, okay, this is a vision. This is different. You know, what's the general meaning? And then what are some specific things we can learn as well? And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a passage that's a vision that Ezekiel had that God gave him. And we're going to see some things about it that help us see things about the Bible today. So as I read this passage, you're going to hear some phrases uh, like the word of the Lord or breathe, or breath, or God's breath, or God's going to breathe life. When you hear those words, think Bible, because that's God's word today. He has spoken His word, communicated it to people to write down, and you and I have it. And so as I read through this passage, think Bible when you hear those words. Okay, here we go. Ezekiel 37. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. Stop right there. Automatically, it's like, okay, this just went from normal to supernatural kind of vision. And it's interesting because a vision is different than a dream because a dream you have to be what? 
Sure, you have to be asleep to have a dream, but a vision can be something you're awake and, and you see. And so God gives Ezekiel this vision that suddenly he's carried away to this valley full of dry bones. So it's supernatural. It is an incredible thing right off the bat. So now God's going to talk to him. Let's see what God says. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied. You alone know the answer to that. And so God's asked him a question. And Ezekiel said, uh, I don't know, God. I'm not going to pretend to, to know something. So then God goes on. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, Dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So now in this vision, God speaks to Ezekiel and says, I want you to speak to these bones. I want you to speak to them and see what happens. So let's see what Ezekiel does. So I spoke this message just as he or God had told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. So picture a valley full of bones. Now all this rattling sound, they come together, and now it's a valley full of complete human skeletons. Crazy vision, right? Well, it's got more. Let's read on. Then, as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Wow. And that's just one of a number of visions Ezekiel had and others in the Scripture. And so God gives him this. And today what we're going to look at is what we can learn about the Bible. As we saw those words, the word of the Lord and God's breath and all that. Well, we realize that we can see some things that help us today. So we're going to look at four specific things about the Bible from this vision. Number one, through the Bible we get understanding. Understanding. God's words help us understand things. Gives us insight. Makes us smart. Have you, have you ever said this? Man, if I could just understand my wife. <laughs> if I could just understand my husband. I mean, how does, I don't get how he thinks. If I could just understand how to do family, how to raise kids. I mean, so many things in life we, we don't really fully understand. God wants to help us. His word speaks to every important area of life and gives us direction and insight and understanding. Ezekiel 37.3, we read, God said, can these bones live? And Ezekiel was honest, I don't know. I don't know, then God spoke, oh yeah, and you say this, and they'll come together, and Ezekiel could then understand. We're going to mention a few other scripture references without projecting them or anything. If you're a note taker, you can jot them at the end of the message there if you like. Job 32.8 says this, the breath of the Almighty gives understanding. So there's that parallel between God's breath and His words, and today the Bible giving us understanding. Guys, embracing the Bible is the only way to ever understand life like God wants you to. Understanding the Bible leads us to the abundant life Jesus came 
to give us. He said, I came that you could have abundant life, and the Bible gives us understanding so we can have that. There was a man who was a, a young guy in his 20s, and he had learned to scuba dive. And so he loved scuba diving. But his wife had never gone, so finally he talked her into going, but he made a mistake. Instead of taking her real slowly, you know, into the shallow water and taking hours because scuba diving is really involved and can be scary, right? You know, he, he didn't take the trouble to really teach her well like he'd been taught. He's just like, let's rent the gear and jump in the boat. I know how to do this. Let's go. So he gets her all geared up and everything, pushes her over the side, sploosh, you know, he jumps in. And he's starting to swim around looking up at her. And, you know, she's trying to get orientation. She's got her breather and her mask on. But then she just starts to lose it. And she gets scared. And she rips her mask off. Big mistake. And, and she lets it go. And she's just panicking and grabbing her air hose. <laughs> and the guy said he, he saw the mask sinking. And the wife, he thought, should I save the mask or the wife? But no, he, he, he did the right thing. And he swam up to his wife. And she was just going nuts all over. And he was trying to help her. And he got close. And she started scratching him. And just, you know, like people are drowning. And finally, he backed up enough. She settled. And he was able to push her up to the surface. What had happened? She panicked because of a lack of understanding. That can happen in our lives. We can panic sometimes when life happens and things happen that we don't understand because we don't have God's understanding from the Bible. But if we do have His understanding, things happen. We don't panic. We just hold on. Like, I know what God's Word says. I know what's up here. I'm just going to hang on. Guys, if you've ever felt like your life is scattered, your life's confused, like a few acres of dried up bones like Ezekiel saw, the Bible can help you make sense of your life. It can help you understand. God loves us and he wants us to understand this stuff. Number two, we can also see from this vision that through the Bible things get put together. In verse 7, we're told how the bones came together bone to bone, rattling across the valley to get together. They were separate, but now they're skeletons. In Isaiah 55, 11, God says this about his word. He says, as the rain goes forth and waters and the earth reproduces, when my words go forth, they accomplish my purpose. They never return void. They always bear fruit. Well, God's word puts things together in our lives. Any area of your life that's out of order, maybe at home or work or your priorities, God's word can put it together. God's word can put it right. And you know what? It is so easy today to get God's words on a subject when I'm struggling or whatever. We've got tech today that we can easily search the Bible to get the help we need. So what we want to do is ask you guys to try something with us right here, right now. Pull out your phone. Um, if you don't have a smartphone, um, you can still come to church here. No, wait. You said you would buy them one in the first service. Oh, that, did, did, no, I, thought, I don't remember that. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I, my bad. Okay. If you don't have one, that's fine. Just look, look on with your, your buddies. <laughs> but uh, most of us are going to have it. So pull out your phone and go, go open, open your internet browser uh, on your phone. Uh, for me, that's Safari because I have a phone from the Lord, which is an Apple. Um, cult. Cult. <laughs> cult. Whatever you have, open it up. And go to this website. BibleGateway.com. Type it in there, BibleGateway.com. I took mine off of Wi-Fi and put it on, uh, you know, whatever, Internet. I took it off the Wi-Fi so mine would work, and I wouldn't suck y'all's data from you. Are you there? BibleGateway.com. In the little search bar, 
Here's what you want to type in. Here's what we're doing. We're going to pretend that you're a husband and you're like, hey, there's things in my life as a husband that are scattered. They're, they're, they're you know, apart. I, I, need, I need some order as a husband. So just pretend that's you for a second. Type in the word husband and click the little search button, that, that magnifying glass. Now, mine is, mine is set to the New Living Translation. Yours might be a different one. That's okay. And once it comes up, scroll just down a little bit, and you're going to see two things. One says Bible. Mine says Bible in the little number 144. So in this version of the Bible, mine has 144 times the, the, in the Bible we read husband. And then underneath that, mine has topical index, and it, it has 37. So there's like 37 top. It's a, um, help me out, a reference. It's a topical commentary, Bible. a commentary yeah. type thing. You click on it, and there's 37 references to husband and, and that subject. So here's the point. If you are struggling with something, it is easy to find it in the Bible. You can use, this is so simple. And if you scroll through, you might look and say, well, that one doesn't really apply and that one doesn't really apply. That's okay. Keep going. Because you know, they won't all apply. It's not all specifically what you're dealing with. But you keep going and you're going to find something that's going to speak to you. And so you can take any subject any word, and you could try it several times, and this is just one tool, one easy way to get into and read the Bible and have it help you put things together in your life. So really, really, really try this. Really, that's why we wanted to do it right here. You are all looking at the screen. Oh, wow. Check that out. Sweet. See, they, they can do stuff that I didn't know about. So uh, <laughs> that, that's really cool. We want you guys to do that. So again, take Taking the focus way back to the macro big, God's word, the Bible to us is his love letter, showing him taking the initiative to love us. And today we're seeing how does he love us? By giving us understanding, by showing us how things get put together in our life. And then number three, through the Bible we get strength. We get strength. And I, I like to think of ourselves as multiple levels of beings, spirit, soul, and body. My physical body, my spirit, my mind. I need strength everywhere. In uh, verse 6 of what we read earlier in Ezekiel, we saw that the sinews and muscles, they had to come onto those bones so there could be strength and, and they could move. And that's how God's word is to us. That's how the Bible acts in our lives. Here's a couple more Bible references. James 1.21. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your heart, for it has the power to save your souls. I mean, the Bible is powerful. One more. Hebrews 4, 12 says this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. So just reading the Bible can give you strength. You might say, yeah, I've read it before and didn't feel nothing. That's cool. If you read the Bible every day, 15, 20 minutes even, you'll see something. You'll experience something. I've read the Bible before for, you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes, and nothing jumped out to me. But when I finished, I'm like, I just sense God's presence because I've been interacting with Him and His supernatural Holy Word. So here, here's kind of how it wraps up. If you're letting God's Word strengthen you, it, it makes you feel like you have God backing you up in your life when you apply the Bible to your life. All right, so the fourth thing that we're going to talk about today is this. Through the Bible, we get life. If you read in, if you read in your notes there, the, the scripture, there's even the little phrase, come to life. Just so happens that phrase happens to be outside on the wall in the lobby. There you go. Who knew? <laughs> but, you know, the, the Bible, through the Bible, we can get 
life. In Ezekiel 37.10, if you read that passage again, there, the breath came into these bones and those bodies that were laying there, and they came to life. They stood up, and they were alive. Well, folks, you know, people like me and Ed, we're, we're, we're preachers in a church, and we're supposed to read the Bible. I mean, y'all would assume and expect that we read the Bible. Y'all would expect for us to go through it and, and come and have something from the Bible to talk to you about, to, to bring to you on a Sunday morning. And a lot of times we folks do that because during the week they feel like they're barely treading water. I mean, you feel like, oh, it's, you know, I, I, all the life is being sucked out of you all week long through work and through, you know, life, just things that happen. And um, you, you feel like you can barely breathe. You can, you can barely keep going. And so you, you come to church and you're like, okay, yes, okay, I just feel so much better because I came. Well, that is fantastic. And, and that, that happens here. I mean, we do read the Bible. We do pay attention to these things. We, we are trying to bring things and say things to you that are helpful and, and, and good for your lives. Well, I want you to think a little further than that. I want you all to go past Sundays. Because the, the truth of the matter is, I eat lunch on more than just Sunday. I eat dinner on more than just Sunday. If I did that one day a week, if I just ate you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Sundays, um, I wouldn't be very healthy. And on Sunday, I would get to Sunday, I'd be like, I'm starving. And then I would eat. And then Monday, I start going back downhill. And it's just a you know whole just that all the time. What if just what if I could eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day? What if I could do that? Right, y'all do that. I mean, we 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 know we do that. Well, then I can all, all, all week long. And then Sunday comes and I get dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's my cheat meal right there. That's my cheat day. You know, and, and I get to have that kind of stuff. Well, maybe you know we want you to kind of think of the Bible that way, because. You can come on Sunday and you can get that dessert, you can get that you know, stuff that's great, but all week long you can do the same. You, Ed and I aren't smart enough to give you everything you possibly need all week long right here in about 30 minutes. We ain't got it. We are not that smart, but you know what? God is. He is, and in the Bible he has things that give us life. So it would be amazing if you were to plug into life every single day. And Sunday just became the icing on the cake, a very special day that was, you know, made everything that much better. So God's words, they have life in them for you. And they have life in them for you every single day, uh, just every day of your life. So here comes that practical part that we t I talked about at the very beginning. We did this last week, and we're going to do it again this week. Last week, we asked you to, to do a certain devotional and read this. It was short, little thing of Scripture and some uh, commentary on it for seven days. I'm not going to ask you how many of you did it, so don't worry. You don't have to lie and raise your hand. If you missed it and you forgot a few and you're like, oh, my gosh, I forgot about that, go home and, and do them all today. It'll be okay. Um, but now, grab your phone again. And if you don't have the app, that's the YouVersion app, or it's, it's Bible.com or YouVersion.com. Either way, in, on your computer, you can find it, or just YouVersion on your app store, and you'll have a little, you'll be able to see it. It looks like that, that little Bible. Download that app if you don't have it. All right? If you do have it, go ahead and open it up. And what you want to do is, in the, you want to hit plans. There's a little thing, a little thing that'll say plans, so you go ahead and tap that, and then you can search. So you want to search for a plan that is this, deeper into Scripture, a seven-day plan. 
Now, the picture that they have, it won't say that. because the, All you're going to see when you bring it up, it'll say it on the side. I'm sorry, but it won't be over the picture. But you're looking for that picture deeper into Scripture, a seven-day plan. So this is seven days. They're not real, real long. There's, it's going to take you a little bit of time, but not a lot. So we're asking you and we're encouraging you to grab hold of the Bible for seven days in a row. Uh, and then the past seven days. So we're, we're going on 14 whole days that we might eat uh, some spiritual food every single day. It would be amazing. So you guys do that with us. And it's going to be, it's going to, it will help do these four things we've talked about. It will bring them into your life. Right? It's easy to do if you need some help and you're like, I'm not quite sure because I really don't read on my phone. I read in the Bible. That's, you can use, your, use the phone to tell you where to go and read it in the Bible. That's, all, you know, use, that's good. And if you're really struggling with your phone, ask your four-year-old to help you. Um, <laughs> because these little ones, I, I'm like, hey, I asked my kid, or something, can you help me? I don't know what to do. So you know, if you need help, do it that way. You guys stand up with us. We're going to pray. Our prayer for our whole church family during this series is that we all, we all gain a, a greater appreciation for the Bible and that in all of our lives, the Bible, God's words, become more and more powerful, more and more helpful, more and more meaningful. And I like to pray for hunger, just like for physical food like Chad talked about. I ask God to increase my hunger for him and for his word. So that's how we're praying during this season. Y'all bow and let's pray. Lord, thank you for your words. Thank you that you collected them over thousands of years through many writers like Ezekiel. And we have it today. And we have you today saying to us, I love you. And here's the story. Thank you so much for the Bible. Lord, I pray for all of us, including me and Chad. God, would you increase our hunger for you and for your word that we'd come regularly every day to read your words. Think about them and pray. And trust that you're going to speak to us and you're going to strengthen us spiritually as we do this regularly. Help us all this week, every day, to be in your word. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.